Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Talking Hockey Sense. It's episode 23 of the podcast. I'm Chris Peters. So glad that you could join me for this week's episode. And boy, hockey is here. It is in full swing now. I'm coming to you uh, recording this after opening night in the NHL. We've had men's and women's college hockey going. Junior hockey is in full swing. The OHL is back for the first time in a year and finally, it's starting to feel as close to normal as we're going to get, and I am so excited to get things rolling. There's going to be a lot of, of news coming your way from the Hockey Sense front. Uh, you'll have to go to hockeysense.substack.com to get a little bit more detail on what's coming up, but there will be some changes coming to the website, which is a, a part of uh, you know this and, and, and kind of what, what is going to happen with me as well, but... We'll get all to we'll we'll get to that later, and we'll get to it on the website because today I've got a great interview and a great conversation with Evan F. Moore, who is the co-author of a book called "Game Misconduct: Hockey's Toxic Culture and How to Fix It." He wrote this with Jashvina Shah. I've known both these writers for a long time, and you know I know that there are going to be some hockey people that are going to be uncomfortable by some of the topics covered. Um, but they are important topics, the issues of race and, and um, you know sexual assault and all of these different things that, that can prevent the game from being its best self and making sure that you know the people in hockey are, are good people and, and, and being do, doing the right thing. And I think that that'll help the game move forward. And so I have Evan on today to talk about his new book, to talk about um, you know the process of writing it and researching it, also a little bit of his background in hockey. You know he is a very, um, he, he's got a unique story in terms of how he came to hockey, explains that a bit, you know, finding the game uh, at an early age and then starting to play it later in life and, and really, um, you know, being uh, full in on it. And he's written uh, about hockey for a long time and, and uh, especially the issues of race in hockey. 
Um, he's written about race and sports, you know, the intersection of race and sports as well. Um, and, and, you know, formerly just recently left the Chicago Sun-Times um, where he was a journalist uh, and and will be moving into a, a new role, which we'll also talk about there. But um, I think it's going to be an important book. It's going to be an important read. I've read it, uh, most of it. I, I'm a very, very slow reader, but um, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy. Um, there are some, uh, you know, Evan interviewed me for the book. There's a little bit of a conversation in there about, um, you know, the, the potential of, of, of race and how the NHL draft is covered. Um, and certainly in some of the, the coded language that you sometimes hear about players of color. Um, and, and so I think that that is something that you will, uh, you know, get something out of if you're a prospect fan. I think if you're a, if you're a coach or an administrator at the youth hockey level, this is an important book as well, um, just to get a sense of the history of, you know, the, the the different issues that have plagued the game in the past. And I think that both Evan and Jashvina come at this book from a from a place of, you know, not wanting to, you know, damage the game. I think they, you know, I think that some people, at least some of the the commentary that they've gotten at times would suggest that I think what they're trying to do is move the game forward and, and move it into a, a place where we can be a more inclusive game. You know, we, we use that phrase hockey is for everyone. And Evan and I talk about that phrase a little bit and how it can sometimes be used as a shield, but really if we want hockey to truly be for everyone, there's a lot more work that needs to be done. And that's, you know, done more on the part of the people that are, that are current shareholders in the game, people that have an, an influence on the game. So, I think that those are really important things that we're going to have to continue to look at um, from from you know from our side. If you're in hockey now, what are the things that you can do um, to help push the game forward? And I think Evan and I will will touch on some of those things there. But uh, very unique perspective, very good conversation. Excited to bring that to you. Did want to you know remind you that if you want to support this podcast, you can subscribe to. Hockey Sense with Chris Peters on Substack. That's hockeysense.substack.com. $6 a month for a monthly subscription and $54 for an annual. A lot of content coming there. Most of it college hockey related in the early stages here. Uh, But we're also going to be getting more in-depth into the selection process of the World Junior Team uh, for Team USA. Uh, Certainly looking at a lot of those prospects and and different players. There will be plenty of commentary there. Also, I'm back with uh, Betway. Uh, offering NHL game picks on Betway uh, Insider, and uh, really excited to be back with them. Worked with them last season, thought it was a really great fit, um, and it allows me to keep my, you know, my one foot in the NHL. I, I covered the NHL for for CBS Sports for four years, and um, you know, I, I certainly still love following the game, even though I'm, I'm much more focused on the prospects now. I think to do the job that I do, you have to be focused on the NHL as well because it helps you see. You know what these players are trying to build towards, and where they need to get to, and and how the game is 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 evolving as it so often does. So uh, we'll we'll talk uh, more about th- that kind of stuff after the interview with Evan. But I did want to get the that over uh, and, and talk about Evan Evan's path in hockey, and also his phenomenal new book. So I'm going to send it over to my interview right now with Evan F. Moore, co-author of Game Misconduct. I'm very pleased to be joined by Evan F. Moore, uh, who is an award-winning journalist, formerly of the Chicago Sun-Times, and soon to be a press secretary with the Chicago Public Schools. He is also the co-author, alongside Jashvina Shah, of a new book due out now, 
called Game Misconduct, Hockey's Toxic Culture, and How to Fix It. Evan, welcome to Talking Hockey Sense. It's great to have you here. Oh, sir. Thanks, Chris. Good to see you again. Yeah, well, Evan, I, you know, I, I should probably say off the top that we we talked for this book. We had a conversation and we've talked before uh, many times about the intersection of race and hockey. Um, and this is a, an extremely important book at this time. We were reminded of that just last week, unfortunately, or two weeks ago now as this as this comes out, when Jalen Smerich was subjected to a racist taunt in the Ukrainian Hockey League and there was a very soft punishment for the offender. And it just reminds us that this book is necessary. It's, it's needed. And it's something that we all need to talk about. Um, and I'm familiar with the process that you went through for the book. And, and we, I think one of the saddest parts was that even after you submitted the manuscript, there were so many other instances of, of, you know, racism or, you know, uh, sexual assault, th things that are addressed in the book. And, and so you know, I think this is probably overdue, but I, I wanted to ask you first off how you came to this project, what drew you to it, and and kind of, you know, where where the the motivation was to to put this out into the public. Well, I mean, the inklings of it years ago. I mean, I just I guess I wanted a few people out there that follows hockey pretty closely, but also follows you know other sports because it's a kind of a thing where it's like. You know, it's, it's some sometimes it kind of feels like the hockey fans only like you know pretty pretty much stands in until that in, in that world and don't really follow other sports and you know sports talk radio here in Chicago you know it's pretty intensive and I started to notice like around the same time the when the Blackhawks were winning Stanley Cups and like the Bulls were kind of you know doing all right made some they made some noise in the playoffs but never achieved the success in that same time period the Blackhawks and I kind of started noticing a lot of people calling us like the my you know like the bulls were getting more coverage than the blackhawks and you're kind of like well this is a basketball city <laughs> yeah you know it doesn't it doesn't rate you know and as much as hockey fans or blackhawks fans locally may want more coverage but this is this is a basketball city you know for the most part and and you just start hearing some things that you just did about NBA players and that you don't hear about other folks. I kind of just noticed that online because we all know like the Stanley Cup final and NBA finals are basically at the same time. And you just saw a lot of punching down on the NBA from hockey. And it was kind of like that really had nothing to do with anything because hockey is an amazing sport. It's my favorite sport. I mean, who, nothing beats the Stanley Cup playoffs. And in my opinion, it's like if you know that sport is so great, why are you spending so many time, so much you know, time punching on or something else that had nothing to do with, with what you're doing. Yeah. It's uh, it's not the best time on Twitter when uh, the, the please like my sport of, of hockey and mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I, I agree completely. I mean, I think that those are the, the kind of conversations and then, you know, you wonder how that's being perceived out, you know, outside of hockey. And, and obviously it makes hockey look very elitist and closed off and, and difficult. So, you know, I, you mentioned that, you know, hockey is your favorite sport. How did you come to hockey and, and how did you develop that passion? Because I mean, I've, I've certainly read your work. I know that you play as well. And, you know, I think that you've, you've really, um, you know, carved out this, this, uh, uh, this career where you've, you've been able to talk about these very difficult subjects and, and hockey that just so few people do, but I just wonder, you know, where did that passion come from and how did that develop in, in your life?
that's one of the first questions, you know, folks usually ask me, how does a black man from the south side of Chicago get involved in hockey? And I always tell them, you know, go back to actually my first hockey experience really had nothing to do with like the Blackhawks. I remember watching the uh, 88 uh, Calgary Winter Olympics and watching, I believe, the, it was a game between the Soviets and Sweden. Off the top of my head, I don't remember who won the gold medal that year, but uh, but I just remember seeing it and seeing it look like really fun and like really dangerous because we know Olympic uh, size ranks are bigger than in the NHL and it just looked like amazing, you know, like it was like, man, this looks fun, but also looks dangerous, but <laughs> it's cool too, you know, it, but it was one of those things where I just kind of saw it on TV and that was kind of like it because, you know, there's not really any hockey facilities anywhere near where I grew up. I mean, there was an outdoor rink that that showed up not too far from me, but I was already kind of growing and doing my own thing by then. But that was the start. I mean, I watched the Blackhawks like everyone else when I could, you know, like for a long for a bit, then all of a sudden, you know, they weren't. And, you know, that kind of, you know, that pushed away, you know, a lot of fans when that happened. And I kind of like this got my fix from, you know, watching whatever was on Sports Center or ESPN back then and and, you know, this is the area where they still had that glowing puck thing. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so I kind of got my hockey from there because the way it was presented to me in terms of local hockey, it was kind of like non-existent unless you listen to, you know, listen to the radio or anything like that. But, you know, the team wasn't that good either. And, like, they're going to put out, a, you know, the product they put out back then, you know, why should I be interested? <laughs> it's kind of how I look yeah. at it. Yeah. Well, I, I lived through that as well, also being from Chicago. And that was – those were dark times, that's for sure. And, and really, yeah, I think the Blackhawks did a lot to to turn off local fans and didn't make it as accessible as, you know, it is now. And then, of course, that coincided with them getting better. And, and I think they they could have had an even bigger uh, glow up, if you will, uh, had they had they not uh, turned off so many fans over those years. But, you know, you've you know, when did, when did you kind of start getting into playing hockey? You know, you, you might, we might find you uh, scooting around at uh, Johnny's ice house or, you know, other places like that. I mean, when did you decide to, to, to get out there and get into the rinks? Well, I had written a story for a now defunct Chicago sports website called Chicago side. And I talked about, you know, being, you know, a black man and also being a hockey fan. And I mentioned in the, in the article that I wanted to, you know, play at some point and someone that read it you know dm me and told me you know i have some gear let's meet up and i'll you know you know pass on some stuff so I was like okay cool so we met up and he passed on some gear and we also know in that sport you know like it's if someone wants to play you'll pass on some secondhand gear and once you're kind of done with it you'll you know pass it on to someone else without pass on some of that gear on to someone else what i've done since and you know and i just knew you know i was probably before i even like touch hockey i probably still wanted to skate first right and like so i found some like lessons on the just kind of lessons on groupon and like it was like it's on rink in indiana and i went to where i was skating it was like me and a bunch of like little kids skating around me you know and uh and you know it's it's daunting because you know a big guy and you know as soon as i fall you know feel like oh he's gonna hurt something or whatever but just over time there's like just hockey is like anything else you know you you uh you'll you get out of it what you put into it and i was pretty you know dedicated like any free time i had you know just used for you know for skating even if it was like even 10 15 20 minutes at a time or whatever like anywhere that was a rink i have a car it's like i'll go drive to it you know so it was kind of looked at it that way and 
how I got with the team. Um, I worked, I was still at that point where, you know, you know, it is we're, we're freelance writing still and, you know, yeah. the money comes when it wants to. So in the meantime, you know, I took a couple of jobs, like working at a couple of bars in the city, you know, like either bartending or, or being a door guy or, or a bouncer or whatever, because I had been doing that for a while anyway. And one of the guys who was the manager at the particular bar, he was also, we got to talking and learned that he was also learning how to play too. And he got a lead on a, on a team that was, you know, putting people together in like a team that was like full of like people who either hadn't played on the while or, or this was kind of all hockey newbies. So I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, be with this. So I might as well just, you know, see what about this team. So that's kind of how really all that started. It's like, you know, when you get involved in that, in that space with deer hockey and, you know, it's an, it's an interesting space. It's fun at times. And other times you're just kind of like, I think this guy doesn't understand like the black ops roster is already set, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's part of that too. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. And it's, it's one of those things where you, you just get, once you get started, it's really hard to stop and just, you know, you just, you want to keep going and going and going. And I think that's one of the things that makes hockey so interesting is it, it is not easy to pick up, um, you know, just from a, from a, a skill standpoint, because you have to learn how to skate, you have to learn how to handle the puck. There's just so many different things. And so there's a lot of different, you know, barriers to entry, but then once you get the hang of it, once it clicks, it's just like, oh man, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm watching that with my son right now as he's kind of starting to get into it. So, um, but I did want to, before I get back to the book, there's also a really cool collaboration that you have going on. This kind of speaks to, um, you know, growing the game and, and, and providing more opportunities. And um, you, you've teamed up with Haymarket Beer and, and a local uh, uh, brewer named uh, Jay Westbrook to create the Even Strength Goal Ale uh, is what they've come together. And, and, and a portion of those proceeds will be going to the Black Girl Hockey Club, the ICE Program, Chicago's Hockey on Your Block, and the Chicago North Stars. I mean, I just just wonder if you could just explain a little bit about what that's all about. And, and it's a really neat thing that, that you've been able to be a part of, um, you know, on a promotional stand front. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we all know what even strength goal is, you know, when we score a goal and everyone's on the ice. So I just feel like that when everyone's involved, not, 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 not just people from traditional hockey communities, but also folks who are from you know, marginalized uh, communities. And I feel like the sport is better when everyone has a shot. It really shouldn't be any barriers to play to play hockey. I mean, we all know there's barriers in terms of like geography and economics and and, uh, you know, gatekeeping and everything else. So we we feel like that, hey, you know, like if a kid, you know, um, has the interest, you know, we should, you know, provide them equipment because we all know it's, this this sport is, it's a dedicate, it's like the dedication is, is probably like none other. And also, you know, those four organizations I had like worked with in some way, shape or form uh, over the years, some of them had written about, some of them, where I know some of the people involved and I was like, well, you know, why not, you know, utilize a, you know, a bit of my platform and what I'm doing with this book to actually literally put, you know, my money where my mouth is and try to, you know, assess other folks around who have uh, like, who are, you know, like-minded individuals in terms of growing the sport. Yeah, and, and I just want to let people know, check out at Hay Market Beer, um, that's H-A-Y Market Beer um on twitter to to kind of get a get a feel for for what they've got going on and i think that's a great thing and really growing the game is in the end i think 
why the the league is starting to put more and investing more into their their efforts and in in diversity equity and inclusion obviously um but you know we we've you mentioned it there 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 are all sorts of different things there's gatekeeping there's there's these other things i think that i'm sure that that's with this book you're trying to break some of that down. i mean really let's i kind of want to get into that because i think right off the bat the book with the title just it puts you on it it sets you up right away it it does not pull any punches and it and it it definitively proclaims you know hockey's toxic culture um which if you're in the game and you've been in the game your whole life and you think hockey is the greatest sport that might be tough to hear um it might be something that you don't it's going to make you uncomfortable and and i hope that that doesn't you know make you defensive because i think that that's not this book's goal is to it's more to educate people that maybe do feel that everything's perfect and everything's great because if you don't if we don't confront this now there is less of an opportunity for the game to grow and then the health of the game and i I love that the the even strength goal al you know just that that idea of everybody the, the game is stronger when everybody is in it and so Evan, I, I just wonder, you know, what were some of the things that you've tried to, to try to do with this book to, you know, to expose some of the things that do make people uncomfortable and what do you hope they're able to take away from that without, obviously I want people to buy the book and I want you to give away too much, but I just wonder, you know, some of those things that, you know, how, how do you achieve those goals with what you guys wrote? Well, I mean, I remember when we first put out there, like this is happening we got some comments and everything else. and people me some folks a lot of people in in hockey media are aware of me and josh you know some way shape or form they may they like what we're doing some are kind of like i don't know about this and you know some people flat out you know hit our guts it's fine but the thing is though is like using a current term that we're you know that's out there is like we're not trying to like quote unquote cancel hockey you know and yeah i think people see the title and see everything else and they say like oh they're trying to like take away the sport that i love and i that that I grew up with and everything else but yeah of course you know there yeah people are going to be defensive because this is all they know and they don't think anything's you know wrong with it I mean I've been a long time fan I mean we all have all these different stakeholders in the game whether you're fans parents players you know friends you know sports writers journalists uh um you know coaches administrators and other folks so there are so many groups who are who like to, you know, fashion themselves as stakeholders in the game. So, and there is a gatekeeping aspect of why, of why things are you know, where they are. And we just I always, I say a line in the book, I say, you know, hockey needs therapy because, you know, if you ever done therapy or intervention, you have to talk about the past and the impetus of things and how, how we got to this point. And, and, you know, like, for instance, like last summer, you know, we, saw like George Floyd and, you know, and everything else. And we're in the middle of COVID and the fact that happened in Minnesota, you know, it's this, you know, quote unquote, the state of hockey. And we have all these people saying like, Oh, we know racism exists, but all these different inequities exist, but that was in the past what we do now. And it's like, Whoa, hold up. We need to talk about all these different things and, and how people are viewed and why, a segment of the population, you know, views the sport a certain way. I mean, we have all these incidents that's been going on, turned in our manuscript in January. How much has happened in the hockey world since then? I mean, (laughs) I know too too much. I mean, really? Yeah. It's, it's, 
and that was the thing that, uh, you know, I've, I've obviously I knew when you guys um, announced the book that you were doing it, you know, we obviously we talked about it and just following the process and seeing the number of things that have happened since then, including the incident with Jalen Smerick. And when, the, when, when, when hockey doesn't react appropriately, that speaks way more to a larger, you know, to the larger community about what hockey is about and to see that that was a 13 game suspension in uh, technically, I guess, I mean, or whatever it was, you know, that, that speaks volumes about the way the game views race and, and, and is in instances of racism. And that is an extreme example, but it's, it just happened two weeks ago. I mean, so these are, these are conversations that we need to keep having. So, you know, I I just, just to give people an idea of the book, um, you know, how do you kind of approach these things? I, I know that there's a lot, you know, I've, I've read it. And so I've seen, you know, there, there, there's a lot of explanation of certain instances of racism or, or certain incidents. Um, so, I mean, just how did you kind of go about researching and reporting these, these types of things? And, and, you know, what do you hope people are going to be able to learn from some of those, just as they're laid out um, pretty rawly in the book? Well, I mean, this we both come at me, believe me, and Josh Vina come at the game in different angles. He's more of a college uh, hockey uh, person, and I'm more of a, a pro and like grassroots, like engagement type of person or whatever. I mean, you know, see, I have an instance with a former a, a teammate in another sport where I was called a racist slur back when I was like 15, 14, 15 years old, and you know, sees the victim of sexual assault and. You know, um, we uh, we came in, kind of came into that way, where it's like, well, we have all these different things. I mean, it wasn't like you know, we we, we did break down what we were going to talk about. Obviously, there's chapters about rape, sexual assault, bullying, about race, how how the game was covered, uh, about homophobia, ableism, and how indigenous folks and everything else. And yeah, I mean, from our experiences, you know, it'll be times where like, hey, I'm going to speak to this person today. You know, you got any questions for him, and she would do vice versa, and we would, you know, kind of rip off of that. But like, but um, yeah. But there are some chapters that I t- that we both took where you know I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be honest. You know, it, it was a blind spot for me, like covering, like talking, writing about you know, ableism, for example. Like this, you know, most people they see ableism as maybe a person, you know, in a wheel wheelchair bound or on crutches or 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 something like that. They don't see it as like it could be someone who's deaf or hard of hearing or who has like chronic back pain or something like that, you know, and also with, you know, in terms of, you know, homophobia and some of the stuff that happens on ice and how, you know, how we, what we see at rinks and how kids, like how certain behaviors are normalized and we and these kids grow up and, you know, and they, uh, you know, they, what they learn growing up is you saw with the blackout situation where, you know, with the, the whole thing and, Everyone called saying, you know, homophobic slurs to that player. And it's like, you know, we, we know that stuff is systemic. It's, we know that it's, it's learned behavior. I don't think anyone you know, grows up and decides to start, you know, saying stuff to people. It's, it's learned behavior. And that's how some of that stuff goes. But in terms of breaking things up, we, I mean, we had, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like you know, I'm going to talk about this. He's going to talk about that. It kind of was like that. But also, we also added, you know, we did a lot of collaborations and I can say like in the past year and a half, like probably most of my text messages are from Josh Bina and vice versa. So, yeah. you know, and DMs and stuff like that. So we definitely, you know, it was very, you know, collaborative. It was times when 
oh, well, we could have this person in the book. And we're like, ah, that person's kind of problematic, maybe not, or, or whatever. Or you know, we, we talk about things and I, and I also learned some things, you know, that I, I've fastened myself to be uh, a progressive person on, you know, most things and everything else. I mean, there was some stuff I learned along the way and, and there was some stuff in there that's honestly, you know, not for the timid. It's, and and there, it's, there's, a, there's a big trigger warning in, in some things we talk about. And, and, mm-hmm. and so it's, uh, it wasn't a, a fun book to, to write at all. It isn't like we sat there and was like, we're going to go after this person and we're going to ruin everything and take everything from them. Yes, you know, it wasn't like that. You mean, it's, you know, these other people that we look to as fans and have jerseys in the Raptors and we wear their jerseys in their games. And, you know, when hockey, they're probably awful people. So it's like we got to talk about all these things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing where, you know, people have to be okay with getting uncomfortable with with hearing this too. I mean, you know, like that's part of it. Just approach the book with an open mind. Don't come into it with that defensive mindset where it's like, I, I love this sport and it's perfect because I think that that the only way to improve the game and then move it forward is if we, you know, really honestly address these things, which we've been trying to do, or people have been trying to do. And there are always going to be people that, that resist that. So, you know, if you want to be a person that, that kind of can help be part of the solution, you know, it helps to learn from these things. And there's a lot of stories in this book that I didn't know, you know, there are a lot of things that I didn't, uh, I, I hadn't heard before. And then there are also things that I had heard, you know, you know, like there's, there's things that I had heard. And I was like, but I, but I came at it from my own perspective, right? And not from a perspective that, you know, you, you do have to kind of get outside of yourself and outside of whatever, you know, is going on in your life and, and, and how you feel to really get an idea for what's in there. And so, you know, and, and that kind of brings me to this next thing. Like we talk about hockey is for everyone. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a lovely idea. It, 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 we all want that. I think we should want that. How do you feel about that phrase, how it's been kind of used and, and how do we move past that into something that's more actionable than just, I, I can't say how many times I've seen on Twitter, Hey, hockey's for everyone. And, and it's like, it's like a, it like washes away kind of the more challenging things. I just wonder how you kind of feel about that phrase, how, how that, you know, how, how do we move past that into the next level? I mean, it's, I feel like in some cases, it's, yeah, like you say, it's a good idea, but also it's kind of dismissive. I mean, just think about what happened at the Hawks game with the Caps and Devontae Smith telling you uh, several years ago that happened like during hockey is, uh, hockey is for everyone, like festivities. And that last thing, the, the Blackhawks, like hockey is for everyone night, for everyone, like actual night or whatever that happened. And I mean, the reaction to that, I felt like was at the most part like oh this is bad this is wrong but you have some people was like that want that was trying to tell smell uh, uh tell Pelly to, to toughen up like it's like what <laughs> that doesn't make any sense you know like yeah. like I'm about to stop being a racist and like we need to understand that it goes back to some of the stuff we talked about in the book like in hockey culture yelling yelling you know a basketball at a black player you know is, is the n-word you know like and we look at that because there's a lot of photos I've seen from that from that night and from that like still and when you see like adults like pointing and laughing and children laughing with their it's like well what are they 
from like what is what the takeaway from the the kids that were standing there that night you know like did they think it's okay to do that or or were they like mortified or had no idea what was going on they maybe thought they were just random random heckling because we all know what happens in someone sits in the penalty box and especially on the home side like of all the things you could have said to them that was targeted to say what you said yeah what they said yeah that was that was one of you know it was it was one of the most visible uh things and obviously you know that that's seeing the way that Devonte smith pelly reacted seeing the comments that he made after the game i mean you you say here's a guy that's reached the pinnacle here's a guy that's been there he's done that and he's he's heard that his whole life he's heard that from other people at, at other and, and now he's you know he's a stanley cup champion and, and a guy that you know it, it's just it, it it amazes me that people had the gall to actually even do that in that setting and then you know, I, thankfully, I believe the Blackhawks ended up banning those people for life. At least I hope they did. Um, and and so that's that's good. But I mean, really, yeah, those are the types of things that I think you know when you read about them in the book and in the and 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 with them in context and with them with additional perspective that you you can provide and Jashvina can provide and other things. You know, I, I think that that's that's going to be where hopefully a lot of us can learn from from the book and that that there are going to be ways that we should approach those things. And so, yeah, I mean, and it is, you know, we do want hockey to be for everyone. And if that's true, we do need to make, you know, make these kind of efforts to, you know, read and understand other perspectives from our own, um, which is why I'm really glad that, that you guys did write this book. And now it's, you know, it's coming out as the NHL season is beginning. Um, you know, the, the league has put more money into into diversity equity inclusion obviously we have kim davis that's now in her position um what do you think some of the next steps are maybe for the nhl coming out of the you know we had the 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 bubble season where they did cancel games um and and had you know uh, matt dumba made that that remarkable speech that, that that night um you know but obviously there are more steps that need to be taken i know that there are there are several people involved in you know, in committees to, to address these things. Do you think that the NHL is starting to get to the right, get to the right place? How much further do they have to go? And, and kind of what, what would you like to see as some of maybe these, these initial next steps for the league? I mean, I guess you can start with the makeup of the fan base and it's pretty obvious what that is. And I don't know. I don't know if, if you ask Gary Bettman to like talk to these fans or talk to, you know, different leagues and be like, hey, cut the crap or whatever. But it's like, you know, we've seen like anything that's any anytime someone wants to change the sport or 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 kind of understand better what's going on in the world outside of hockey. I mean, there's a there's a visceral repudiation of things, you know, it, it's you know, you is there there is a I guess like a connection between, you know, like uh, law enforcement culture, hockey culture, conservative politics and and all these different things. I mean, I'm not saying that someone can't be a conservative or, or anything like that. It's just you just kinda have to look at I gotta put this like when all these things happen, there's always repudiation of like, no, no, that's not our sport. And then my favorite phrase is always saying is like there is no place for this in hockey, but it keeps happening. So there is a place. Like, yeah. You might even think about what happened with uh, and with that player in the uh, Ukrainian hockey league, like in the gestures that play and the gestures that were made. That was something that was done before. That was something that was, that was 
that wasn't something he did off the top of his head. He was like, oh, let me do this. Like, this was this targeted. Who knew who Jerry was and what he looked like and what he wanted, what he, uh, he felt about him. And then something that was pretty much said before. And you saw how that suspension was handed down. And you had some people involved who probably never dealt with anything like that ever. And, you know, like, it's just even have, like, players who've been through that before. You had comments from Akima. Uh, Kimalu, and you had comments from Anthony Duclair and and Anthony Stewart and other you know prominent uh, players of color like Nathan Sand. Like, look, like it's, I mean, all this stuff is systemic. I mean, can you blame hockey for it? I mean, you can make a case for either side, but at the same time, we know a lot of folks are hockey fans because the the repudiation of other sports that have a lot of you know um, black players like the NBA and the NFL and. That's one of the reasons I feel like why we always see, you know, hockey fans coming at LeBron or, or Derrick Rose or, or anything like that. And some of the stuff that goes on with black players, you saw what happened with PK Subban up in, uh, in with the Canadians and, you know, they traded him for having quote unquote too much personality, but you, but you draft the kid, you know, involved in, it was involved in, you know, um, and what's not normally called, you know, revenge porn. And even after this player said, don't draft me, <laughs> they went ahead and did it. So it was yeah. like, there you go. Right there. Like, it's, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah, I was thinking that, yeah, when you guys get your uh, your second edition, that's going to that's gonna have to be a whole chapter on it. So, I mean, like that, that, that was a crazy one. But, you know, I, I mean, yeah, so we still see these examples. And, and you know, I think that the, the one thing I want to stress to listeners and just knowing you, Evan, knowing Josh Fina is that I think there is a, a real desire from both of you to just to make the sport better, to, to, to try and find ways to make it more inclusive. And, and you mentioned the fan base. I mean, you know, I saw a stat the other day that, you know, um, hockey fans are typically, you know, like in terms of makeup and demographics, whiter than auto racing and, and golf, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, like that's, that's where those, those demographics kind of are right now. And, you know, I think part of it is, you know, certainly it's, it's a more Canadian based sport. It's, it's only, it's new to certain parts of America. And and certainly that's that, that contributes to that. Um, But yeah, but I mean, you know, we're in a, we're in a position now where what that says to me, is it says that there's a lot of room for growth. I, I feel like that that shouldn't be viewed as a, as a necessarily a negative. It's a, it's an opportunity for us as 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 a hockey community, and, and it is a community. And so we, how do we get more people into the community? That's that's what I want to do. Like that, and I've always been a big proponent of of growth, and I think that that's you know making the sport more inclusive is 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 one of the surest paths towards growth but you know I, I'm excited to see kind of where things go next but I'm really excited for for you as well because you know this is the, I, this is your first published book correct so this is this is a big opportunity um, you know so my last couple of questions are going to be about that like what's it like to be a published author um, what you know how do you feel now that it's good that it's out there that people are going to have a chance to read it and and I mean, this is a this is a pretty big deal. You've been grinding away for a long time. I followed your career. You you know you freelance. You work for the Sun Times. I work for the Chicago Public Schools. But I mean, to to have a book and, and have your name on a book. I mean, how much does this personally mean to you? And 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 now that now that you've kind of reached this uh, this segment of your career. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's it's a lot of reflection in the journey, mm-hmm. and you know, like um, 
yeah, I got the, we have our copies and I opened it up and I saw it, you know, and I'm like this, I was like, holy shit, this is happening, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like you're not going to like completely like push me over the goal line to hit me when I actually, you know, see it in stores, you know, and, um, you know, I've been tweeting away about people who've gotten the book already and thanking people and everything else, but, you know, yeah, I mean, this is something that's life-changing no matter what happens to me or what I do, this is what I'm going to be, one of the things I'm going to be connected with and there is a level of excitement and there's also a level of anxiety, you know, like this is, this isn't a fun book. And we know we already are aware that, you know, some people are going to be mad at us, you know, which is fine. I mean, but we need to start having uncomfortable conversations about things that people continue to be comfortable with. And yeah, I do think about that. Like, Hey, I'm not saying I'm like a change agent or anything like that, but you know, we have to put these things out here and like, you know, and, there's been a, a concentration of people writing about these issues like within the last year. And like, even though me, folks like me, Josefina and, and uh, you know, uh, Bill Douglas from uh, Bill Douglas, you know, and people like that who've been writing about this stuff over time. And it, there, there's kind of like a part of it where you're just like, we've been saying this, <laughs> but also you're kind of like, well, I'm glad you showed up. You <laughs> know, like, and so, yeah, it's definitely like this, also being a, a public author and like, you know, family and friends are excited. I mean, you know, most of, I mean, I know a, pr- a pretty good amount of public offer because I'm in journalism and everything else, but most people don't know a public author and a lot of friends, family and other folks are, you know, pretty excited. You know, they're, I always tell people like with this book, like you don't necessarily have to be a hockey fan to like understand it. Yeah, hockey's the hook, but you know, there's a lot of things that happen in other uh, vocations where there's, there's issues and and uh, problems over time that have festered and you know, bubbled up in evil and unfortunate ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, in some ways it's it's a, it's almost an academic text. You know, it's a it's a there's there's a lot of sociology. There's a lot of just uh, a lot of different things like that that are, that are in the book that, you know, even if you're not a hockey fan, there's going to be something in there for you because it's an examination and it's a, and, and it, it's something that needed to be examined in a way that had never been this in depth. So I, I'm excited for that to, to, you know, to get its due, but I'm, I'm obviously excited for you personally as, 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 uh, as somebody that's really, you know, you've, you've been grinding, grinding away and, and this is a, this is a real accomplishment and something that I think you, you both should be really proud of. Um, you know, so I, I, and I think that the hockey community and, and yes, of course, there are going to be some people, there are going to be plenty of trolls out there, but I think that the, the, the people that matter are going to read this book. And, and I think, you know, really for, if you are a hockey coach, if you are an administrator, if you are somebody that deals with young people, this is a, this is absolutely a book that you should take into account because I, I the game is going to get more diverse the game is you are going to meet more kids of different backgrounds and you are going to need to know um you know kind of the 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 history here so that you can't you you don't repeat it yourself as well um and and can and can make a better experience for all players so um and evan you, you know you're you you were at the chicago sun times you know i'm big chicago guy myself i love you know certainly love reading the sun times and the trib and everything. I'm sure that was awesome for you, but you made that decision to, to now move over to the public schools. And I just wonder what that's been like for you and, and kind of what you hope to accomplish at this next phase of your career as you, you know, you go into a job where, you know, certainly, um, you know, the Chicago public schools are, are, are always, uh, since you're going to be a press secretary now, they can come under fire for a lot of the wrong reasons sometimes. And, and, 
you know, now you have an opportunity to, to share the stories of, of really um, what is a, a, a very uh, interesting, excellent, and uh, um, important segment of, of your city. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, as someone who's a public school graduate, my mother and father are a retired CPS teacher, so I've been around education, you know, my entire life, and in a sense, I joined the family business. And, yeah. And, you know, the, we all have talents in our life. I felt like, you know, when I was talking to them about things, I mean, this wasn't something I was, like, searching or looking for. It's kind of this, it kind of happens. You take those opportunities, and if those opportunities, like, suit what you're trying to do and what you like to do, I mean, you, you suss it out and see what's going on. But, I mean, as, as you know, you know, journalism, when someone leaves, like, the field to go into the private or public sector, you know, they're, like, you know, there's a, uh, there's a you know like some folks are kind of like oh you know like uh you left you, you went to the quote-unquote the dark side which yeah pretty funny but you know it's like i'm still being involved in telling stories in some way say performing and that i've wanted to like to have time to write you know other books and i'm not completely you know going away i mean there's a couple of stories that's gonna be coming out in the coming months and also one of my last stories is actually embargo to next year so you'll see my byline you know uh, like next year at some point but yeah i mean i'm going away i'm just kind of shifting what i do like all the vehicle was always to to help people for a long time that was through you know journalism and i'm still going to be helping people one way shape or form yeah well certainly as i i uh I'm familiar, you know, I know you're a Morgan Park grad. I, I went to Mount Carmel. I was in the Catholic schools, but you know, my, my mom worked in the CPS as well. And so I, it makes, uh, it makes me very happy that you're going to be uh, part of that. And, and I think that that's awesome um, uh, that you're there. Also as Morgan Park, little hockey trivia for all you fans out there, Dean Portman and Mighty Ducks too is wearing a Morgan Park hockey jersey, uh, which is amazing. And so I guess Dean Port, you're a fellow alum with Dean Portman, one of the Bash brothers from D2, <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, yeah. We had a, uh, my last, like when I was there, we had a a club team. It wasn't really affiliated with the school that much, it seemed like. But yeah, like this, there's a lot of hockey history locally in terms of, of this stuff. And so many people I've talked to over time have stories of like, you know, freezing ice and, and playing the, uh, hockey in the streets. And these were like, you know, black and brown neighborhoods. So, yep. it was, you know, so a lot of somewhere along the way, these folks, you know, got were alienated in some way. So we need to try to figure out, you know, why that is. Like, there's a lot of people are still our hockey fans, but maybe, you know, play the sport or anything like that. But but there's definitely a lot of, in a lot of communities where there's a barrier between liking the sport and watching it and actually like playing it. Right. Right. And I, you know, in the city of Chicago for all the, for all the hockey uh, history and obviously the fans that are there, not a ton of rinks in the city limits. And there that's, that's beginning to change. The Blackhawks built their new practice facility. There's one in Beverly Morgan park area as well. You know, like you used to have to go all the way up to the North side if you wanted to find ice. So now there, there, there are more opportunities um, there, which is great. But, but Evan, I, I thank you so much for your time today. I congratulate you on, you know, getting the book published and, and, and having this out there. Um, I, I do hope that people will check it out. Um, you know, feel free to uh, give it one last plug, let people know where to find it, where you'd like them to purchase it. And uh, um, you know, what, where, what, uh, what else, any, anything else you need to uh, promote at this time? Okay. Well, book be out October 12th and they can, I mean, you can get it free um, different places, uh, you know, Amazon, uh, 
Walmart, Target, all these different places and Barnes and Noble. But uh, you're, it was up to me. I like folks to try to, you know, uh, use the indie bookstore market because those folks could, you know, really, you know, use that money. And we're talking about something that's really important is, you know, is you might want to read it yourself and then pass it on to a friend or buy a copy for yourself and buy a copy for, you know, someone else. So um, I know the fact that the uh, Chicago uh, Public Library is buying copies, so they'll they'll have that at, at at their libraries across the city. So that's pretty cool. That's happening, and yeah, we're just trying to kickstart a uh, a long overdue uh, conversation. Not gonna be easy, but you know, somewhere else away, we'll get there. Yeah, well, I certainly hope that uh, a lot of you guys are out there uh, getting a lot of. Uh, uh, chances to talk about this book and, and getting it in front of a lot of people. And if you're out there, also make sure, you know, request your local library, uh, pick up a copy of this book as well, especially for those of you in big time hockey markets where uh, there are probably a lot of people that could uh, could use a book like this. So Evan, uh, you know, congratulations to both you and Jashvina. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, you know, I, I've got, I got the advanced copy, but I'm going to, I'm going to buy the real thing too. So I'll make sure I have something on my bookshelf and, uh, and yeah, I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck with this book. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Once again, my thanks to Evan F. Moore for joining me on the podcast this week. Hope you enjoyed that conversation and and we'll go pick up that book because I think there's uh, there's a lot that we can all do to to better the sport and uh, make this uh, make this a more inclusive spot as a more inclusive space for everyone. Uh, because uh, really it is. It's a sport that, that everyone can play and enjoy, and we need to make sure that uh, that others feel that way as well. So we're going to move on a little bit here and talk about the NHL season. If you listened to last week's episode, I talked a lot about the rookies uh, that were involved. Uh, we now know that Quentin Byfield and Matt Boldy um, are, are injured and won't start the season. But then you have guys like Hendricks LaPierre making the, the Washington Capitals a bit earlier than I expected him to. Um, you know, you have guys like Jasper Weatherby who, who, you know, you might not think of, he's not a top prospect, but he's a guy that's going to have a chance to help the San Jose Sharks. And, and William Eklund is going to make the team. And I, I, I expressed, you know, I think that there's some, some readiness things, but, but over the course of the preseason for William Eklund, the San Jose Sharks draft pick, you know, he really proved that he's at least able to to take the first step and, and make that opening night lineup and possibly create a positive impact. I mean, you know, the Sharks are going to be without Evander Kane for some time. Um, so, you know, there's an opening to, 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 you know, to get some more offense on the wings. And there's a big opportunity there for, for William Eklund. But, uh, you know, I'm really excited to watch this rookie class. I think there's a lot of, uh, of, of intriguing characters in there and guys that are going to make an impact. And you'll be able to read about that very soon. Uh, as well as I'll have some uh, uh, some some something to write about that uh, at a at a location and 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 outlet uh, to be announced very soon, which is what I wanted to get back to. Um, I do have uh, some news coming up. You'll have to keep an eye on my Twitter feed and also on um, uh, on Hockey Sense as well. Um, Hockey Sense is not going away. I just want to point that out very quickly. But I have. Uh, uh, engaged in as a new partnership that you'll be hearing more about uh, very soon and really excited about that. So uh, I hope that you will check that out as well. In addition to Hockey Sense and Talking Hockey Sense and, and other things like that, and I'll have much more detail on what's next very soon. So that's about me getting back to the hockey. Um, I will be heading out to Duluth, Minnesota this weekend, and I'm really thrilled because I'm going to have an opportunity 
to see some of the best hockey teams in the country at the icebreaker in Duluth. You've got the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs there. You've got the Michigan Wolverines, the team that I think most uh, hockey fans, college or otherwise, are keeping a very close eye on. They will be in Duluth. We've also got Providence College and really excited to see number one in the country, Minnesota State. That's four top 10 teams in this icebreaker. So one of the great opportunities to see some great hockey. So on Friday, I'm going to drop my kids off. I'm going to drive up to Duluth, Minnesota State at Providence at 4 o'clock. And then you got Michigan, Minnesota, Duluth in, in what should be an absolute barn burner of a game uh, at 7.37 Central Time. Um, and I believe, I'm not entirely sure where those are going to be available to watch, but um, keep an eye on Hockey Sense, and I'll, I'll let you know then. But really excited to see that because I think that, you know, as this college hockey season has gotten underway, we've start, started to see um, a lot happen, you know, a lot of movement already in the polls. You know, uh, Minnesota State went out and swept UMass on the road. You know, I think that uh, Michigan has, has proven every bit as good as we thought uh, in their early games. You know, scored a lot of goals. Owen Power had a four-point game in the season opener for, for Michigan. Uh, so things are, are moving along there quite well. If you actually look at the current scoring leaders, and that is going to be the interesting thing about this college hockey season. If you're a college hockey fan, I don't need to tell you right now that you desperately, desperately miss collegehockeystats.net. Now, that was the the statistical clearinghouse, essentially, for men's and women's college hockey. You could get every single stat that you ever wanted from there. Um, you know, you you had detailed team stats and, and team leaders and, and a lot of really great info all in one place. That is gone, um, and there has not been an adequate replacement. College Hockey News doing a great job holding down the fort. USCHO, you're getting you're getting stats and things like that, but it really, it's it's been a it's been a bummer. Uh, and if you're a college hockey fan that, that was was used to your um, you know the way that you got your stats, um, then you are, are feeling a little lost right now. But College Hockey News has done a good job on their stats page. Um, there have been a few hiccups in terms of technical things where some players are, are being counted for more points than they have or fewer points than they have. So um, hopefully we'll get that resolved because I think that is a, such an important aspect and element of, of not only enjoying college hockey, but covering it as well. I, I mean, we we in the media have definitely felt the, the loss of that too. So um, that is something that uh, that is not necessarily fun but i did mention at the very top of the broadcast that the ontario hockey league is back in action and it's great to have the ohl back um certainly you know i'm definitely more like you know i cover college hockey in addition i don't necessarily cover junior hockey but obviously junior hockey is integral to what i do on the draft side and so i follow it very closely and seeing the ohl back and 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 seeing players getting the opportunity to play again really exciting a lot of good players a lot of uh guys that you know didn't have places to play last year are getting that opportunity now and, and to see that um is really fun i think there are going to be some really really good teams there um excited to watch a lot of the the new teams and, and the nhl prospects that that were sent that way you know i think a couple of imports 
You look at uh, Oscar Lawson playing for for Erie. He had a nice start to his OHL career. Daniel Gushin playing for Niagara. Um, you know, those are types of guys that I'm I'm really thrilled to see. And then, of course, how can you not be excited to watch Shane Wright and the Kingston Frontenacs this year? Um, Shane Wright being you know the number one prospect heading into the draft. Um, you know, really really looking forward to seeing what he's able to bring throughout this season and um, just great to see that. But another guy that I wanted to point out since the OHL is back is Tucker Tynan and Tucker Tynan is, you know, before the last season ended, he suffered a very scary skate cut, a life threatening injury where he lost a lot of blood on the ice and, he was the OHL goaltender of the week for the first season back. He appeared in two games, played 125 minutes, and got a pair of wins. Only allowed three goals over those 125 minutes. Made 57 saves, a 9.50 save percentage to start. And this is a guy that you know he he played in the World Junior Summer Showcase, so we got to see him in that. But you know he had not played in. You know, since going back to the the last time he played with the 2019-20 regular season, that was on December 7th of 2019 was his last official games that, you know, that counted in the standings. And for him to come back from that injury, which, you know, I'm sure not just physically demanding, but but mentally demanding as well. You know, you, you hear about players that suffer skate cut injuries and, and the, the lasting effects that that can have. But Tucker Tynan a- ends up coming back and, and he looks better than ever. And he's a guy that's a candidate for the U.S. World Junior Team. You know, I mentioned that he was at the World Junior Summer Showcase and he, and he looked rusty. He looked unprepared uh, just because he had had so much time off. The timing of the game is different. It's even faster at that level than it is at the OHL level. But now he's settling back in. And, you know, to see him get a couple of wins there for a, for a Niagara team that I think could be pretty good this year. Um, that is going to be, uh, that's going to be one of the lasting impressions I have uh, from the OHL being back, but it's just great to see the games on the schedule again and looking forward to watching more of those. All right. So we've been a little bit all over the map here to start, but I, I think that it's, it's really important to, you know, kind of, take stock of where the season is and where it's headed right now. And, and really, you know, looking at the NHL season, I figured I'd, I'd let you guys in, you know, you can go over to Betway. I, I, I listed my, my Stanley cup pick. And uh, even though I watched that game, the banner raising game for Tampa Bay lightning, I'm undeterred. I'm, 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 I'm calling for the three Pete and uh, you'll read about that on Betway uh, as well. You just head over to uh, Betway insider and you'll see my NHL content there. You can search for me as well at Chris Peters and Betway uh, to get to my content if you're you're just Googling. But, you know, I, I really do think that as much as Tampa lost, including their entire third line, which was such a key part of, of their Stanley Cup run, I think that they still have the goods because they have Andre Vasilevsky. They have Nikita Kucherov. They have Victor Hedman. You know, they have Braden Point, Steven Stamkos. You know, the core is intact. You know, Ryan McDonough. You know, it's just like you keep you keep listing off, and then you think about guys that can step in, and it's Anthony Sorelli and Matthew Joseph who will play bigger roles now. It's it's guys that, um, you know, uh, 
the Ross Colton, who was the hero of the Stanley Cup uh, clinching game, scoring the cup cup clinching goal. You know, those are guys that are going to get bigger opportunities now. And then they did add Corey Perry. So it'll be a new look team. But I think that in general, the Tampa Bay Lightning, if they have the mentality, you know, I think most teams on if, if I'm, you know, if I'm betting and and I'm, I'm I'm not yet, but if I was betting, I often would bet against the team that had the banner raising because they're just not going to be as prepared to play as the team that's coming out. And the Pittsburgh Penguins proved that. So I'm not scared off by that that result for the for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that they are still one of the best teams on paper. I think they have the most star power. Um the the question is, you know, who's going to be the team that comes in and knocks them off? I certainly love watching the Colorado Avalanche play. That's the team that I'm going to watch probably religiously this year. Um not just because I I I want to see Nathan McKinnon who, you know, we hope is is back soon from a, from a positive COVID diagnosis. Um but you know, and, and Kale McCarr, but I, but I want to see Bowen Byram and Alex Newhook and and Sample Ranta and all the guys that are that are going to filter into their their team from the prospect system and and how what kind of impact are they going to have? Are they going to be able to help this team get over the hump because they are they are right there, they're on the cusp, um, and certainly you know that's a team that I'm going to be paying very special attention to. Uh, obviously the San Jose Sharks are another team just because of the number of rookies. I mentioned Jasper Weatherby, William Eklund. Uh, there's also Santeri Hataka uh, 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 on that team as well. Um, you know, who, who are, who are going to be the guys that kind of filter into the lineup? Um, they have a lot of, of, of young talent there. Jonathan Dahlin as well, uh, which, you know, he is a guy that has been a, just a dominant player in, in Sweden's second division. Stayed home last year to help uh, Tim Rugg get into the SHL game promotion. They do. He comes over to the NHL, so I'll be interested to see how they do. So obviously the Sharks from a prospect perspective, very interesting. Um, I think also same same can be said for the Florida Panthers with you know how much is Spencer Knight going to play? Anton Lindell is he going to be you know a number three center for that team? Is he going to be able to to be a contributor on a contending team? So there are a lot of great storylines, you know, from a prospect rookie perspective that I'll be looking at. But but certainly when it comes to thinking about who's going to win the Stanley Cup, I have a lot of faith in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we haven't seen a three-peat since the uh since the Islanders. So not even not even the uh the great Edmonton Oilers teams of the 80s won three in a row. So it's very difficult to do it. I think that that you know it's I feel like it's risky to pick that even though the the Tampa is so good on paper, um, but I'm that that's my Stanley Cup pick, and you can't say that uh, I changed it because of of one game because obviously that that first game was not great by the uh, by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, those are the things there, and obviously you could also look at um, on Betway. I have a, a list of Hart Trophy favorites. Why some of the guys I think could do it? Who my dark horse is. Obviously, I think it's everybody chasing Connor McDavid at this point, uh, but there's no question in my mind that uh, you know there's opportunity there for teams to uh, and players to 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 push themselves ahead and 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 give voters something to think about when it comes time. So, oh, if you hear me yawning, it's because I just got back from uh, I was at a family wedding in San Francisco, beautiful city by the way, and. Uh, um, at the wedding was actually in Napa. And so we just got back late last night. And so my voice probably sounds a little weird and everything else, but I've got a lot to pack in these next couple days before I leave for Duluth. 
one of which is this very podcast. And that is why, with that beautiful transition, I'm going to sign off for the rest of the, right after the yawn, right after the explanation. Um, we're going to have a lot more to talk about in the very near future. Stay tuned to my Twitter feed and also to Hockey Sense to learn about some of the new things that are going to be coming your way this year. Um, I have a few other uh, personal professional announcements in terms of what I'm going to be doing this season in addition to the work that I do on Hockey Sense and Talking Hockey Sense. So please stay tuned to that. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. The more you do that, the the more it has a chance to grow. I've been so thankful for everybody that has already downloaded um, and subscribed to the podcast. Please do leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. It's been a while since I've gotten any of those, and I hope that you guys like it. Uh, so if you uh, can throw a few on there, that would really help me out quite a bit. And yeah, subscribe to Hockey Sense as well at hockeysense.substack.com. All right, now after the sales pitch, finally time to sign off after all of that. So thanks so much. I'm Chris Peters. This is Talking Hockey Sense. We will see you next week with an all new episode. Can't wait to do that. Have a great week, everybody. 